Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I, I am Mr. Davis, and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. There's your latest new intro. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? What do you think when you hear that? I, um, it kind of makes me think you should just go back to the old intro. Yeah, I'll probably do that I, from I, next week. Yeah, February. I, I mean, it, but is it like a specific thing that you're referencing? It, I had something in my mind. Does that? It's a song. Does it? Does your mind not jump into a guitar riff after? I. Oh well, now you said yeah. I I I. That's what I'm hearing now. Like do doom do doom do doom. No. Doom. Oh, I I. That's that sounds like the strokes. Why don't you come over here? No, it's um. Oh man, I can't think what the song is now, but that's the song I'm hearing now. I was trying to do Axel. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. It's the Billy Train song. It's the Ozzy Osbourne Train song. Thank you. Axel Rose, Guns and Roses. Welcome to the jungle. You getting it now? Now I hear it, yeah. If no, anyone wants that as their personalised ringtone, <laughs> you can subscribe to WrestleTalk's Patreon. It's a new tier. And you get me saying your name and then... Aye! There will be people who will actually want that. Because, I mean, mm. like, I didn't realise this. You know, producer Rich is genuinely a man who still has text tones. Yeah. I, I don't. Like, I, my phone is on vibrate. In fact, I've turned off all notifications on my phone. So I only see things on my phone if I actually... The only thing I've got notifications on is Discord, because that's for work. But everything else I've got no notifications for, so I, my phone doesn't buzz or anything. Yeah, but with Rich's all the time, it's like, it has a Super Mario game effect in the background, uh, a lightsaber, I think. 
I, I was the guy who had the CTU counterterrorism unit from 24. Yes. The blip, 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 that noise. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I was oh, the yeah. coolest mofo in town until everyone else also had it. I'm not a I unique snowflake. I remember like being in, you know, the late 90s and going onto websites that had like these are the button inputs you need to put in to create uh ringtones for like the Nokia 3310. Um and like if you press the buttons in this order, it will make the Halloween theme. It will make uh the uh, I mean my favorite one was um the Imperial March. So mm. like, do 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 I used to spend hours doing all of those. Loved it. You would pay homage, you would cover original songs. I would try oh, yeah. and make I would try and make original no. compositions. Did you? <laughs> How did that work out for you? I know none of them took off. <laughs> and this is because like, you know, Daniel Beddingfield was like making so much money from like, you know, doing stuff from his bedroom. You were like, well, I could do this, but with a Nokia 3310. Yeah, I could be that guy. <laughs> I could succeed. I gotta get through this. I <laughs> oh man. Um, right, anyway, we've got to get into this show uh, because it is AEW, which means we do have things to talk about. It is the best wrestling show of the week. Here it is. I love you. It looks like we might be getting Impact versus AEW at Revolution on March 7th. It's March 7th now, not February 28th, as it was previously announced. They, they mentioned that a bunch on this show. The Young Bucks next week are going to enter the Tag Team Battle Royal, which is meant to crown the number one contenders to their tag team titles. So if they win... As champions, they get to choose their opponents for revolution. And at the and end of this show, anyone. they can pick anyone. And at the main event of this show, it was them tagging with Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They win against the Dark Order. Of course they do. It was an awesome match. And at the end, the Bucks say that. And they say, and if we win, which we will, right, we can pick anyone. And they pointed at the Good Brothers, the Impact Tag Team Champions. Oh my God. Hello, everybody. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. I'm Mr. Davis. This is Lukewarm Luke Cohen. Get your Hyper Omega chats in. My apologies, Kenny, to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single message before the end of the show. What a show it was. Oh, I loved this show so, so, so much. I, I just love this show from T to B, top to bottom, just loved it. And this main event was so, so great. Like I, there was a point when I thought, man, there's absolutely no way they're going to be able to top this Dax versus Jungle Boy match. There's no way they're going to be able to top it. And in a way they didn't, but holy heckins, this eight, this eight man tag at the end was just, just nonstop fun. I loved it so, so much. Yeah, this was just, I mean, I'm annoyed at myself now for giving last week's episode four out of four. Because this week, I, kn we I know, I know, but that's, that's almost not my fault. I need more <laughs> than this. 
it's almost not your fault is the key I, there. I need more numbers. Meltzer realized this when he had the start going to six or seven stars. Twitter polls mean I only get four options. And I've mm. given it four out of four for the last two months now, it feels. And this was a, this show was more four out of four than last week's four out of four. You say, well, maybe that's a three out of four show last week. I say, no, it means this week's was a 4.5 out of four show. I will yeah, have my you... five point ranking system. Or you could really Meltzer it and do like, and a quarter. So it's, it's four and a quarter stars. I don't know if I'll be able to keep track of that, but yeah, it was top to bottom, like a great TV episode. And uh, yeah. in, in, uh, next week, just for context, is Beach Break, which is their February pay-per-view, but on TV. And then March is Revolution, which is an actual big full-on pay-per-view. So this was really just a setup episode. And it was just such a fun setup episode. Not even the go... Well, I guess it kind of is the Beach Break go home, right? Yeah. But on top of all of these things, you have, like you said, we'll talk about it later. It's hard to not want to talk about everything on this show right away. Dax and Jungle Boy was a pay-per-view caliber match. But we'll talk about that later. Right now, this main event, everyone shone. Yeah, it, it, it just, oh man, like the Bucks look great. The Dark Order looked so, so good in this, particularly Grayson and Silver. Like, and like <laughs> Reynolds got to shine, Uno got to shine as well. And then like the Bucks and Galanderson made them so, look so great. They were selling like, like mothers for them. It was so, so good. Anderson looked brilliant. The Bucks got to run wild. It was basically just like everyone got to have a hot tag. Everyone yeah. got to run wild. Everyone got to get their spots in. And there were just like a handful of people that shone slightly brighter than all of like the bright stars that were in there. And this is a testament to how good I think that AEW and Impact, uh, you know, credit to Impact in this, are presenting um, their talents. Because I wrote down, the first note I wrote about this, about this match was like, and this is why it bugs me when people say that AEW only focuses on ex-WWE talent. Look at this main event. It's not an ex-WWE <laughs> guy in sight. Forgetting that the Good Brothers were the like, WWE say. tag champions. <laughs> we just but forgot halfway, that. I did genuinely halfway through the match. I was like, oh yeah, they were in WWE, weren't they? <laughs> I know what I know what you mean though, because like yeah. see seeing them now on Impact and here and on the on Talking Shopper Mania, which is great if you like comedy wrestling. If you haven't seen that, my God, go and watch it. It's it's just the perfect thing to watch drunk with friends on Saturday nights. If only I could have my friends over. Uh but it feels like that sort of WWE run of three, four years never happened. It's like they went straight from Bullet Club to now. And it, I think see, like them being with the Bucks in this main event had all that cathartic nature to it of seeing them back together in this way. Doc Gallows cut a promo. before, Like everything Doc Gallows did in this main event, from the promo beforehand, which was like he's full-on pro wrestler zaniness, to walking out and swinging the Impact Tag Team title between his legs like a giant schlong put so much joy on my face and then he's just so cool he walks to the ring and he just tosses it in there the the title that is 
yeah so I, I got a message from someone this morning on twitter that was just like I, I you know i really enjoyed this show and whatever but um i don't get the duck gallows thing like i i, I think that i like basically we're saying like i don't like the good brothers because carl anderson's great but i've never seen a good doc gallows match and i just sort of said that i was like but he's like so great though like he is just he's incredibly charismatic and while he may not have had an incredible singles run anywhere his tag match, like his his tag match history, history is exemplary. Yeah, uh, and like, so, so are the Bucks, so so of uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Like in this main event, you've got three incredibly uh, storied tag teams: the Young Bucks, uh, Super Smash Bros, who became Dark Order with Uno and Grayson. You know, long running PWG team there on the Indies, and Galanderson. And then you've got like these new Silver and Reynolds who were just put together as comedy jobbers and have just absolutely taken off. So this was so cool to see. There was a great line at the start. I don't know who said it. Maybe it was JR or Excalibur. But they said it's weird that the Dark Order are now the AEW home team. You love to see it. Because they're now because they're now sort of the baby faces and the Bucks as AEW champion through their alignment with Kenny has now sort of turned them into antagonists against AEW. Yeah, it's, it's just so, so great. And so, and, and the setup for this and why we've got, we titled this episode is, as you said, like they announced they've got this uh, tag team battle royal next week. So in this tag team battle royal, you've got a top flight private party, Jurassic Express, not Jungle Express, uh, Mr. Davis. Oh, God damn it. Did I do it again? You did it twice. Oh, <laughs> One day. Jurassic Express, FTR, Jericho and MJF, Santana and Ortiz, The Dark Order, Sammy Hagar, and The Acclaimed, and The Young Bucks. And they announced that if The Young Bucks win, then they get to pick their opponents. And like it was, just, it's sort of, you know, when they said it at the, in that match, I was like, well, okay, it's probably not likely that The Young Bucks are going to win. They're probably going to pick, I don't know, someone like, like The Inner Circle will probably implode. Maybe they'll do something with Private Party. Maybe they'll, like, because Private Party are facing off against Galanderson. Maybe they're just sitting around that. Until the end of this match, where they were like, when we win, we get to pick our opponent, and it could be anyone. I did things like, Wow, they are really setting this up here that the Bucks are going to win this uh, tag tournament, this tag battle royal next week, and they're going to pick the Good Brothers. So there's that part of my brain that is like, okay, that seems where we're going with this. But they've zigged when they, I thought they were going to zag a lot in this storyline. So there's every chance that A, the Bucks don't win. But there's also every chance that the Bucks do win, but they don't pick Galanderson as a way to almost stick it to them to not give them the title shot, mm. right? Yeah, because so, oh, I was I was going to say let's dive into the pre-match promo because that kind of fuels a little bit of this. Galanderson and the Bucks are standing backstage before the match, and they're just cutting a normal promo. They're saying how they're getting along. Galanderson are like, "Hey, we know nothing about this Callus stuff because if you hadn't seen it last week, Don Callus was trying to drive a wedge between the Bucks and Kenny, trying to buy them out of their friendship, and the Bucks super kicked Don." Don kind of keeps it from Kenny, but also totally shows him. And Kenny, Kenny walks in and is like, guys, we need to talk later. We never get that talk, but, you know, he set it up. And Don walks in as well, being like trying to calm things down, but actually just putting more fuel on the fire. 
and he's wearing an even bigger bandage this time. So now it's like, yeah, who is working with who? To Galanderson, a Galanderson working with Don because they see Kenny as the meal ticket. I, I read a really good summary of Galanderson's character on Reddit. I can't. I'm sorry, I didn't write down the the name of the person. But they said Gallows and Anderson are those guys who are your mates when it suits them. As long as they don't have to lift a finger to help you in any way, they're your best friends. But as soon as you need something for them or you have something that you they want from you, you're chucked to the wayside. So I can see the Good Brothers helping the Bucks to win the Battle Royal if only to win the AEW titles off of them. Yeah, and like, but the Bucks almost knowing that and then not picking them. So like... Almost like they are then sort of manipulating the manipulators. So there's a, there's a lot of ways that this could go, which makes the battle royal, which at the start didn't seem like you know there was sort of much to it. It's just a battle royal, but now all of a sudden the battle royal becomes a really interesting match for next week, and I'm really really excited to see mm -hmm. where it goes. And I've got some of the I've, to be honest, I have some issues with this this battle royal thing anyway because you've got the ranking system, but more more on it. Like last week, we literally had a three a three way tag team match to decide who was going to be the tag team of the inner circle, and all three tag teams of the inner circle are in this bloody match. So, yeah. what was the point of the match last week? Yeah, it's weird how this does happen with the Bucks. Like the idea of a, a battle royal, an over the top battle royal like this, stinks of that kind of tombola segment they did to yeah. set up the FTR match. I, I, it's weirdly lazy for a promotion that puts so much time and care into telling their stories. But I, I think I'm looking like like you, I'm looking past that because this this whole Bucks Galanderson thing is is tremendously exciting. Should we see what the Omega chats are saying? Say, just last thing I was gonna say, maybe it's they just booked it backwards. So mm -hmm. like, well, this is the this is the tease we want to have. How do we get the tease? Okay, do, 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 do. battle royal. Brilliant, we'll go with that. Whereas like, rather than sort of like booking it forward, maybe. Well, I think you should book backwards. That's the smart way to do it. Start with the end in mind and then you can... But yeah, just don't that do a battle royal. Yeah, there's a mixture of the two there, isn't there? Rather than get into battle royal and be like, well, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Uh, so Omega Chats, because it's an AEW stream, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get them in. We'll read out every single one of them. We've had loads so far. Thank you so much, guys. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Firstly, Luke, are you listening? 
thanks for the no sell on my ultra <laughs> chat yesterday. Bacon rasher. I was juggling a lot of plates yesterday. I was, uh, and sorry, I was juggling a lot of balls and spinning a lot of plates. I've mis I mixed my metaphors there. I was managing streams. I was looking at things. I had to do all the numbers for the rumble. I'm very sorry I didn't hear your question, but Ollie brilliantly repeated it to me. I was also juggling a lot of balls, literally <laughs> metaphorically. I didn't miss anything. Uh, I'm not sure on this Impact versus AEW tag title match. They need to stick to the brand split. <laughs> Harry and Riddler, uh, or Riddler, bit of a fantasy booking for you. The Bucks win the Battle Royal and announce the challengers at Revolution will be a team they have a oh. long history with. Oh. The Sorry. greatest impact tag champs of all time, the Motor City Machine Guns. Holy crap, Harry and Riddler. You've done it. That's the it. one. I, I love it so much. That, that had that so was, many points. Yeah, I totally didn't think of that either. Like they pick a nut, they pick a different impact tag team. What a what a genius way to like the team that the Good Brothers just faced at Hard to Kill. Yeah. That's fantastic. Great, great I idea. Mean, Great idea. Great Charlie idea. Davis. Last night proved the Bucks can play Kenny's little game of replacing people too. The wind... Ah, yeah, of course, playing into the replacing last minute. The wind up into the two sweets with the super kick is specifically a Kenny and the Bucks trademark move. I wonder how long the pettiness will go before someone cracks. Months, yeah. usually, if, yeah. if AEW's track record is anything to go by. Christopher Jazzcat. If the Bucks can pick anyone, I know the destiny... I want to I want to see await them. Ain't anybody realer than Gorilla. So that's the G-O-D. I the don't think it'll be G-O-D. Some people won't love that main event, but FM, I had fun. Uh, this will be my last Omega chat for a while. Love your work, guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much, Jazz Cat, for all your, your all your all your fun messages. They are good. No matter what. They are good. good. We love them. Uh, Micah Pellegrini, the tag team battle royal last year was the match the Bucks won to face Hangman and Kenny, the first big fracture in that relationship. Maybe next week, a very, as various people ask Hangman to be their partner for the match, but he can't bring himself to say yes. That's a good point. I forgot that they'd done a, a tag battle royal last year to set this up. That's a very good point. I wonder if then they'll make this like an annual thing, like the Revolution tag match will always be set up by this battle royal. Yeah, why not? That's a good idea. So we'll go into we'll do all the rest of the the Omega chats after the main review because they're not related to the the main topic there. So let's go from but yeah, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get all your Omega chats in. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the stream. So this show opened on a match that's been building since September fifth. This yeah. is just a, a technically this is a filler episode of TV before the big show next week. Well, and they still had a match with four months build on. Yeah, it's nuts, right? Absolutely nuts. You know, going back to what we were saying about a different wrestling product, about how it managed to feel so repetitive with a huge roster. It's incredible that AEW have this kind of level of restraint where, mm. yeah, like Kingston and Archer has been building for so many months, but they haven't had a match yet. But it always feels like 
it never feels like the story's been dropped at any point. It always feels like it has been just like constantly bubbling away, which I think is it's a really, really impressive way to, to run a wrestling company. It's it's a shame that uh, apparently there were some technical issues on this. And not, I, I think someone said that they saw Kingston make his entrance. And then the next thing they saw was the Butcher and the Blade on the stage beating up Jake, Jake the St. Roberts, which was like, you know, the, the finish of the match. Um, I was watching it via fight, so I did get to see all of it. And I'm really glad that I did because it was a really, really fun match that was very character driven. Like Kingston is so, so great in this. And Archer was, you know, they were telling the story that Archer was just enjoying himself. And they were putting over on commentary that Jake is kind of like, he's not just Archer's manager. He's almost there to like control him and to sort of like, you know, sort of like push him in the direction that Jake wants him to be pushed into but when jake's not there archer was just sort of like not uncontrollable he was always in control but didn't know when to say when and he would basically just keep beating up eddie have the match one go for a pin and be like actually no i'm not gonna do a pin i'm having too much fun beating this man up so i'm just gonna do it some more and like that's why you need that's why he needed jake there to tell like him go hey man go get the pin now now it's time to get the pin yeah, he's like almost a business manager in that respect. Like, well, it's it's about the wins. You don't need to waste yourself putting in an extra work. He's not paid by the hour, that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, a great, great idea for this match because it it is just Lance destroying Eddie. There was one spot which was a choke slam over the top rope onto the apron on Eddie, which looked like it sucked. He barely hit that apron as well. Like he basically just sort of like breezed past the apron and collapsed to the floor. Oh, it did not look like a fun bump. And I, th I so when Lance came out for the match, Jake was alongside him. And I think in my head, Lance sees Eddie in the ring without the family. And he's like, oh, okay, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Go back, Jake. Yeah, it, I, I is, think it's that way as well, yeah. Yeah, so then when he got, but actually, it turns out by the end of the match, which a beautifully subtle story, like what a tactic, I never saw this coming. That was just a way to get Jake, like sort of isolated backstage, so the Butcher and the Blade could attack him, bring him out when Lance almost had it won, well, he had it won a few times, to distract Archer, the bunny gives Kingston the, the brass knucks and with this wicked spinning back fist on Archer. And I love the brass knucks. I'm a sucker for the brass knucks. I love when they come out. The power of the punch. Yeah. That, he's not wearing brass knucks. He's just got a really hard punch. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it knocked out Lance Archer. Kingston won. So that's, you know, great stuff for Kingston. It's it's a shame. It is a shame. It comes at the expense of Archer, who really was being groomed for Moxley's a at least a shot at the AEW title with Moxley back in September. Was part of that really cool six man tag that was sort of forming with Powerhouse Hobbs before he turned heel. But then, like he got that positive COVID diagnosis, and ever since then, he's he's not been in any matches or feuds really. No, but at the same time, I did think it was the right call for Kingston to get the win here because I still think that there is a. I still think there's a lot more uh, story to be told here. So, and like I, I felt that actually Kingston probably needed the win more because he, you know, he'd lost to Pack, and now Pack and Death Triangle are sort of like they've moved on to you know facing off against the Good Brothers and everything. So I, I feel like yeah, Kingston, Kingston kind of needed this win more than Lance mm -hmm. did, and I think now you can tell you can continue on this story from there. I just. Uh, both guys needed the win. 
Oh, yeah. So you yeah. just had to make a decision. It's hard. Uh, after that, we got Moxley cutting just a a brilliant promo, but in a different way to Moxley's usual style. He was he had this line where he was confused about all the different factions in AEW, but he doesn't matter because he's just going to beat up Omega at the end of the day. He doesn't care if he has a team with Phoenix, Pack, yada, yada, yada. And then he says, because he is just a simple guy, he likes his beer cold, his coffee hot, and he likes to have sex in the morning because that's a great way to start the day. Such a great line. Like, just throws out, it's like, I like to have sex in the morning. It's a good way to start the day. It's the grown-up version <laughs> of Take Your Vitamins, Hulkamaniacs. It was so great. But I also loved in this, the line where he was talking about, you know, hyping up the match next week. Because what a main event next week for Beach Break of Kenny and the Good Brothers versus Pac, Ray Phoenix, and John Moxley. Holy heckins, man. That match is going to rule. Yeah. And he just looks, he looks in the camera. He's like, I do love a good six man, though. Like, because, hey. He he's he's a, he's been a part of some six man tags in the past, hasn't he? Eh? Wink, wink. Uh, after that, unfortunately, I can't say the same level of excitement you... for Sting and Darby Allen. The hoodlums, like the hoodlums, <laughs> they're hoodlums. They're breaking windows with skateboards so and bats and stuff. What happened here is Sting and Darby are in an abandoned warehouse. And Sting says, hey, Team Taz, don't call us hoodlums. And then Darby says, yeah, we're not hoodlums. And then he throws a skateboard through the window. And then Sting smashes that same window with a baseball bat. And they go, maybe we are hoodlums. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the Team Taz promo was better. Yeah, I look, it was atmospheric. that um, They came across as very brooding. But I think you would be lying to yourself if you thought this wasn't a little bit funny. <laughs> I think you know you, you should you shouldn't really be. Sting's return is cool, but this isn't grabbing me that much. Like it's average, and everything yeah. else on Dynamite is mind blowing. So uh, the AEW podcast uh, recently did a review of they were doing reviews of these um, older sort of like this Australian product that was like out of the ashes of WCW, right? And they were doing a lot of tours around the UK and stuff. They had, they had like Scott Steiner and Jeff Jarrett and the Road Dog, like all basically the guys that didn't get picked mm. up after the, the the acquisition of WCW, right? And Adam Biblow made the point, he was like, well, I've never really got Sting because he's this sort of like brooding guy that stands in the rafters sometimes. Then other times he's a, he's a chatty lad who just <laughs> says loads of stuff. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, you're kind of right. Like when Sting chats, it's kind of less cool than when Sting has just been walking out to the ring doing nothing and the snow falls. Like that's actually a much cooler presentation of Sting rather than him being like, hello, my name is Sting. Please don't call me a hoodlum. First name terms. This is Darby Allen. Now I'm smashing a window. Maybe I am a hoodlum. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cheeky hoodlum. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's the sting paradox. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a shame because he's a great promo. A great, I know that's the that's the sting paradox, isn't it? He's a great promo, but you don't want him cutting promos, though, do yeah. you? <laughs> uh, after that, we got Jericho and MJF, the official tag team of the Inner Circle, although the the other tag teams are still being <laughs> tag teams. Versus the Vasty Blondes of uh, Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison. So th this was 
the, the first outing of them as the official tag team. You had all of the inner circle at ringside. They look awesome as a faction. I'm so into them together. I love their inner feuding stories, MJF and Sammy. I would prefer them not to be so infighty at the moment, but it's it's very well told and acted, so it doesn't grind too bad. But what when I they won, obviously. Um, but when I'm they're, they're such good heels. Such good heels, MJF and Jericho together. Like we knew that would be good. And it's it's more than the sum of those considerably substantial parts. They're such good heels that anyone who goes against them is gonna have super babyface heat. Like I was really into Pillman and Garrison here just because MJF and Jericho are such bad guys. Uh, yeah, totally. Like when like MJF's cutting a promo, you know, and he wants to talk to Garrison. Like, the last time we were in the ring together, I had embarrassed you. So like, just say you quit now. And then Garrison slaps him and like completely runs wild at him. So the point where MJF gets so pissed off that he runs out of the ring and he grabs a chair and the rest of the inside are like, no, no, just calm down. And he gets up onto the apron. He turns back to the other crowd and just goes, shut up. Mm. He is a brilliant, brilliant heel at just being like, he got so wound up by someone being just a bit better than him, like in that moment. And it's it's so fun to see. And you're right, like it makes you, like I've not been this into the Varsity Blondes, like ever. I, I was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying them here. The other thing I was I'd to point out to you, what you're saying there, where you say you don't quite like the infighting within the inner circle. The reason why I don't think I got a much of a gripe with it is because I don't really think it as infighting. It's just Sammy doesn't like MJF. So, mm-hmm. like, it's not like they're all sort of, like, feuding with each other. They're not all sort of, like, annoyed at each other. There's just this one tiny fracture in there that MJF is trying to fix, you know, whether, for what, to, to what end, you know, for whatever reason he wants to do it for. So I think that's why, like, I, I don't kind of see them as a sort of a, a warring faction, if you will. You're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, yeah, it was maybe a little bit too harsh on them there. Because it that it is really good, <laughs> like everything they do is great. Yeah. Uh, here's here's my oh two one other bit or two other bits actually. The finish was Jericho hitting the Judas elbow. That is more than enough. Obviously, it's super effective. But after last week's horrible botched lion salt, he finished the match when he didn't have to with a picture perfect lion salt. It's like he did it to prove a point. And like the commentary would be like, that might be the best lion salt he's ever done in his career. <laughs> Love to see it. But my other thing <laughs> was, everyone loves Fozzie's, the Fozzie song. Uh, Judas, when Jericho comes out, it's great to sing along to. But my God, when, when, the, when actual crowds are back, full on crowds, and they're all singing along, and MJF's music interrupts it midway through yeah. the entrance. That that was like the glimpse of a spot I saw in the future. I cannot wait for that heat. I'm usually someone who is like really against like the remix themes because most of the time they do not work. But this MJF Judas theme, like it's a really nice mix, actually. It really works really nicely. It's mainly MJF. It's mainly fuzzy, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, when, when MJF's one just completely cuts out all the fuzzy stuff. After that, we got Pac cutting a promo on Kenny, uh, which was cool in his usual way. Yeah. Then we got uh, it's it's the Cody stuff. Okay, so last week they made the big announcement: Cody is going to respond to Shaq's comments. And we said on this podcast, "What Shaq comments?" Because the last time we heard from Shaq, he was just being like, "I'm just so happy to be here." You know, really, <laughs> that, 
really thankful to Cody, really thank you, thankful to Brandy and to AEW. And then Brandy threw water at him for no reason. It's like, what's he got to respond to? Turns out he was responding to comments he hadn't made yet because they were on a show that pre like that aired just before this episode did. So it was really bizarre. Yeah, I'm confused. Maybe we, I'm sure we missed something. Uh, but was but it whatever happened. Uh, Shaq has has challenged Cody to a fight in March. Obviously, revolution. So Cody comes out to reply here with Arn Anderson, and he says, "Look, th- th- it was we were meant to have like a him and Brandy versus Shaq and Jade, effectively." But That's I- basically <laughs> he basically says the original plans here were yeah. a mixed gender tag match, but we can't do that anymore. This is what me and Tony agreed. We thought it'd be a cool story, <laughs> but I got my wife pregnant. <laughs> so, uh, and they, they sold this really well. They got like a dad chant going. Co- Cody is just so damn likable. It's hard to really poke holes in this. So he says, I'm going to defer to the coach, Arn Anderson. Let's see what Arn has to say. And then Arn cut a great promo about how Dusty would have a match. And then he flew cross country to be there for Cody's birth. And then he put over... Look, as as a career move, you should have this match with Shaq because you're going to get so much mainstream attention on you. I thought that that's such a refreshing honesty and justification for a celebrity matchup, which we, we mm-hmm. don't usually have in pro wrestling. So I, I really like that reasoning. But then we're in the awkward position of we need a replacement for Brandy. And he said, well, I, you know, I've seen true fire from someone backstage and i was like oh, it's gonna be red velvet because she's just sort of been awkwardly fudged into all the jade cargill spots and out comes red velvet and she cuts a promo where she says bitch ass yeah but it's gonna be cody and red velvet versus Shaq and jade i credit to aew they have been trying with red velvet and i think there is something within red velvet i really do think that she could you know she's got quite a lot of potential about her. They seem to be really, really high on her as well. Like Brandy was managing her on Dark. Um, she's had matches on Dynamite. You know, she's been kind of like, she has been involved in this Jade Cargill story, like from the start. It just feels like it's because the problem is, it's because they have, they effectively said it was supposed to be Brandy, but Brandy's now pregnant. Jade, uh, uh, sorry, Red Velvet is always just going to feel like the replacements. So, mm. I mean, she's, she's effectively in this match. It's, it's Shaq, and Jade Cargill versus Cody and not Brandy Rhodes. Like, that is essentially the matchup we've got here. It really didn't matter who it was going to be. It was always just going to be, well, you're not Brandy Rhodes. And, uh, hey, do you know what? But, like, Red Velvet's getting an incredible, like, career, like, opportunity thing for her here. Like, she's involved in what's going to be one of the biggest mainstream matches, probably the big mainstream match of the show, because Shaq is getting in the ring. So that's, you know, that's a big career boost for her. But also at the same time, yeah, right. It's just feel like a bit of a the match is Cody versus Shaq, like Jade Cargill and, and Red Velvet are just just there. Yeah, I look sure Red Velvet. It's I just you know I've hardly seen anything of her on Dynamite apart from her brawling randomly backstage and mostly getting beaten up by other people. So I'm not I'm not massively enthused. Uh, and like the, the sort of arm being like, oh, I've seen a fire in her. It was a well-delivered line and I'm sure Rel- Red Velvet's good, but I didn't believe it. Like it's it's quite, it's transparently a replacement thing and yeah. everything's going to be a replacement thing. But, you know, I don't know if it was me, Layla Hirsch had a great match last week. People want to see Layla Hirsch. 
or or someone else someone else who's been featured on dynamite nyla rose yeah, yeah no, you, i mean I, I completely agree with you like and as i said like i think red velvet almost feels like she's because she's not at that sort of level like so it it always gonna it is gonna feel a bit underwhelming if i was to put a positive spin on this um which I, I will attempt here. And I do appreciate that this is incredibly vague and a bit tenuous. But do you remember when the Dark Order first recruited Reynolds and Silver? And mm-hmm. we were just like, oh, do you know what? Like that doesn't make the that doesn't make Dark Order look particularly great because these guys are literally losers. Like they're jobbers on dark. Like this, like, why would you recruit these guys? Oh no, that's part of the Dark Order gimmick. But it's like this doesn't elevate the Dark Order whatsoever. And now you look at them sort of like one year later, and we're talking about like, man, Reynolds and Silver are like the best thing about the Dark Order that isn't Stu Grayson. So maybe there's a, a period of time, like in a year's time, where we'll look back and be like, can't believe we would, we were so undersold on Red Velvet in the Shaq match. Mm. And like, you know, maybe even a couple of months when we actually, the match happened, we'll be like, man, she was awesome in this match. So there maybe something positive will come out of this. AW do have a good track record for that, yeah. Um, after that, we got Kip and Penelope and Miro and uh, Chucky the Butler doing a promo for their wedding next week on Beach Break. And then what maybe to the bachelor party. Maybe we can just move on from this, and Miro can do something substantial, hopefully. Uh, and after that, we got Hangman Page versus the real life brother of Dolph Ziggler, Ryan Nemeth, who. Yeah wrestles like Dolph Ziggler with the headstands in submission holds with the sort of hip thrusts like he's surely he's consciously leaning into this isn't there like there's a twitter joke of just like your mum saying like no we've got McDonald's at home and then you go home and it's like a rubbish burger like this <laughs> almost feels like no we've got Dolph Ziggler at home it's, it's yeah. Ryan Nemeth like nothing against Ryan Nemeth he seems great and everything but it does feel like budget Dolph Ziggler because we were so used to seeing Dolph right and like he, as you said he wrestles just like him uh, and stuff there. and like but the, the really the what I loved about this match was the Matt Hardy thing and it's so interesting we had a hyper and Omega chat if you will last week that literally kind of pitched this storyline which is everyone tries to recruit Hangman the Dark Order turned him down so now Matt Hardy is trying to like recruit him to big money Matt Enterprises and be like, and, and it was a really like sincere promo that Matt mm. cut as well. That kind of like, and you know, knowing you know what Matt's troubles with sort of like alcohol abuse have been in the past, it added an extra layer to it of someone like seeing someone self destruct and being like, look, I you know I've been that guy. So if you ever need a, an open dressing room, I have one, which are you know they as really is really nice. Yeah, I, I think when that Omega chat came up last week, I was like, no, I don't want to see that. We've just seen it with the Dark Order. So I apologize. Humble pie. Yum, 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 yum. It's delicious. Uh, yeah, I'd love this too. Like, it was really good. Uh, Paige's name bar, the little graphic said, accompanied by crippling emotion. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. ...baggage. Oh, Adam. Adam, I just want what's best for you. So page one with the buckshot Laria, and then they got that post-match promo with Hardy. And yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens with Paige there, but just... Pfft. One of the best characters in wrestling right now. Just I brilliant. love him so much. I love him so much. And then from that, we go to a pay-per-view caliber match. Brian Joyce, Tempest, uh, WrestleTalk.com's own, said it's one of the best matches in AEW TV history. I'd agree with that. I thought this match was awesome. This match was so, so great. And like they had the graphic of this at the start, which is, you know, it's Dax Harwood of FTR versus Jungle Boy excuse me, of Jurassic Express. And Tully Blanchard and Cash Wheeler are going to be at ringside and they're going to be handcuffed to Luchasaurus. And I thought, crikey, that's gimmicky. That, that's that's a bit silly, isn't it? I loved it. More, more for me. What an absolute idiot I am because it made the match so much better because Luchasaurus is there to make sure that Tully and Cash don't interfere so they can't get about their seat. But it also set up various spots where Dax looked like he was reaching for a tag. And Cash, instinctively seeing his partner being hurt, was jumping out of a seat to get on the apron to get the tag because they're a tag, they're tag team wrestlers. And so they told this great story. And because Jungle Boy's got more like singles experience. So he was more comfortable being in that singles role. He wasn't reaching for the Luchasaurus tag. That was just one element of this match. This match was like Shrek onions, layers upon layers upon layers. And the spots at the end, holy, like I was like out, like my heart jumping up into my throat. I was out of my chair for every single near fall. I totally bought into everything that they did. Like I, I'm, I'm almost, I almost don't want to say this because I, my, my own hyperbole alert is going off in my head. But genuinely, the near falls where it's just near fall after near fall roll up roll up roll up which we see all the time in wrestling these days and it's almost just you know you might as well hill a load of dives it's white noise but here this was the most 
I've believed it since Savage Steamboat, which was the match that really put over that kind of trope now of wrestling. And the, the other thing that this match reminded me of from a psychology perspective was, and this is high, high praise, because this, this match has been taught at university as storytelling in a wrestling match. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Dude Love, where Vince McMahon, Briscoe and Patterson are like mm -hmm. the ring keeper, the referee. Yeah. I can't remember the exact order. And it's just like yeah. all these levels to the match story. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, this, this this is a tremendous match. Go out of your way to see it. Such a treat to see Dax Harwood in singles action as well. And long may this feud continue. Afterwards, FTR beat up uh, Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy had won. And they soared off Luchasaurus's horns. Absolute bastards that they are. Um, I mean, just, uh, just last thing I wanted to add on the match is that uh, I think Jungle Boy might be the best at near falls in AEW at the moment. Like the kick out at 2.9 he has got down to a fine art. It's like the, you know, again, this might come across as hyperbole, but you know how, like, how good the rock was, or Kurt Angle was, as those, at those late kickouts, the last minute shoulder up. Like, that's what Jungle Boy's got at the moment. Like, he had so many moments where I thought, and they were really putting over Dax the axe. Like, that's his, that's his new thing. You don't want to mess with the axe. And there were times where I was like, oh, Jungle Boy's messing with the axe too much, and the axe has got him here. And I was genuinely like, I was buying into it mm -hmm. so, so much. His near falls were outstanding. And at the end of it, he gets him in his submission move. Is it the bear trap that it's snare called? Snare trap. Snare trap. Do apologize. So he gets him in the snare trap. And again, he, he's reaching for the tag. He's reaching for Cash to get in and break this up, but Cash can't because he's handcuffed at ringside by Luchasaurus, who is effectively just sitting down. But he's so big that they just <laughs> cannot get him to move. Oh, I love this so much. And then afterwards, obviously, the handcuffs come off. The powder immediately in the face so they can lay out Jungle Boy and they can lay out um, Jung uh, uh, Luchasaurus. And then Marco runs down with SCU and the, and, um, uh, the top flight to like break it all up. Oh, I loved it. It was Everything about this was so, so, so awesome. I loved every second of it. We got the Team Taz promo after that, attacking a merch stand because they were selling Sting and Derby merch. And then we got Britt Baker versus Shanna, the returning Shanna, which was actually pretty decent. I thought it was a good match, went back and forth. Shanna showboated a little bit too much, and Britt got the lockjaw in to win at the end and Thunder Rose yes, the game down. So I believe Shannon's been doing a lot of stuff on Dark as of late. I think they were putting over this on like a five-match winning streak on, on Darks, mm -hmm. which is, you know, how she then got this match with uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And um, yeah, I thought Shannon looked pretty good in this, actually. It was nice to see her back on Dynamite um, because she's, she's a very like charismatic... She's got a really charismatic presence about her. She's got a very cool style. Her entrance is cool. And she just like, you kind of sort of just warm to her a little bit, really, like instantly, because she just seems like very affable. Uh, and Britt Baker's a, a tremendous heel. And mm. I love, you know, Rebber at ringside interfering and all this sort of stuff. Love, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a decent little match. And then afterwards, Thunder, yeah, as you say, she was hitting the, the curve stomp on it and Thunder Rosa ran down to make the save. I'm genuinely really excited for Baker versus Thunder Rosa next week. I'm really looking forward to that match. Yeah, it's a big, big show next week. And after that, we had Sammy and MJF sort of like Sammy was like, I know what you're up to backstage. Uh, overall, yeah, I've already given it away. Four out of four for me. 
higher really yes same here this match was all like this show would have got four out of four if only for the dax versus jungle boy match also the crowd doing the jungle boy song as a chance like to try and like amp up jungle boy loved that and the main event was rad and i'm just i'm so so stoked for next week the other thing we didn't talk about as well is after the match like after the the main event like the you know this brawl breaks out phoenix runs down to Mm. take out the good brothers does this dive that is just like he practically lands out in the crowd. He goes so fast. Omega runs down to like beat up John Moxley. Moxley knows that he's there, turns around, paradigm shift, and Omega lands and is just lawn darted into the floor. It was such a great sell of it. Yeah. And I'm so, so excited for it. Uh, and the other thing is that Riho is coming back soon. She's having a match with Serena Deep. So it is, they, they said, it's US versus Japan. So it's US mm. on one side, Japan on the other. Really looking forward to that. Uh, but I know what everyone's really thinking about. What did Kederman Dan think? <laughs> Reprising the segment from last week. This is what my good friend Dan, also known as Kederman Dan on this channel from my uni days. That's, this is his live stream of consciousness. First up, ha 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 ha. Arn Anderson hosting surprise interventions for confused wrestlers should become a thing. I was, I was totally confused. Tremendous stuff. I can't get enough of the Cody segments, though. The man is writing his own version of Twin Peaks. <laughs> uh, Jungle Boy and Dax put on a belter. Tremendous work rate match. I was appropriately uncomfortable when Tully got involved. I'm happy that it was a quiet week. Beach Break smells like a Cody show from a mile away, so I need to save my energy to get on board with his insane version of reality. Luke Gallows is Mount Rushmore material. I'm not even joking. Comes in looking brothered up and jacked to the sky. I'd love to be mates with him. <laughs> we sort of are mates with him. Uh, we're going to go out to Shoreditch when he mm. comes to London. I was a bit distracted this week. One of the cats has low self-esteem. So I was dead. Uh, I was dealing with that. Before you think it's weird, Don Callis is starting a Phantom of the Opera gimmick. <laughs> his, uh, his cats are called... Uh, Bruce and Dwayne. Is it Dwayne? Good names. Uh, give him, uh, give Don Callis the cloak that Larry David wore in Seinfeld, and my apex in wrestling will have been reached. And finally, I shouldn't have to defend myself for crying during Jungle Boy's entrance music. Amazing. But Kenneman Dan isn't the only person we've got to welcome on this show. Where's he gone? Oh, uh, he's actually he's gone. <laughs> he was here though. Were we, did we, were we running too long? And he was like, "No, nah, I'm boring you guys now." I don't know. Is it around around three forty? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just what well, was Alex McCarthy? <laughs> <laughs> he was here to talk about wrestling daily, which has now moved over to uh, its own channel. So please go and uh, subscribe to that. The the mods will be putting a link so you can oh. head on over to wrestling daily. Nope, he's, he's going back. Back. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. It's Alex McCarthy. Hey. <laughs> Hello, guys. Hey, how's How it going? Did you enjoy AEW Dynamite last night? What is going on? Can you hear us? No, you just went all fuzzy. You just went, hey, and it was like, oh, oh, no. oh right, oh, right. Internet stinks. It's bad internet. Well, we won't keep you long. Tell us. Tell us about Wrestling Daily. 
Wrestling Daily is uh, moving to its own home now. We, 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 I made this analogy the other day. We're no longer paying rent at Wrestle 2. We've bought a mortgage. We've gone. We've left the council estate. Nothing against Wrestle 2. And off we go to the new auspices of uh, Wrestling Daily. So please do come and join us 8pm uh, Tuesday to Friday and next Monday after pay-per-views. You can always grab us as well uh, on our new YouTube channel, Wrestling Daily. Uh, the community. Oh, he was so close to finishing the plug. So close to cutting a great promo there. Look how great he looks. <laughs> he looks happy. Uh, Am I, and yeah, yeah. Was, was I paused? I'm sure I was yeah, paused. You did. Um, <laughs> but yes, come come join us uh, on on the new channel. Anyway, you know, last night I was singing bump and grind with Biggie winning the Rumble. Somehow it happens. Well, yeah. yeah everyone, go to Wrestling Daily. The links in the chat right now. Thank you, moderators. I'll let you go, Alex, just because the <laughs> horrendous. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Alex McCarthy, people. Thank you very yeah, much, Alex, Alex McCarthy. McCarthy. What a guy. Alex, I like this. Alex still getting his Abu Dhabi hotel <laughs> Wi-Fi. Uh, so everyone go to Wrestling Daily. It's got its own YouTube channel now. And that is, if you're not aware what it is, it's every Tuesday to Friday on non-pay-per-view weeks, but every weeknight uh, or weekday if you're in the States on pay-per-view weeks. And it's it's Alex McCarthy just talking about the latest news in wrestling. Every yeah. it's like oh, it's perfect. Yeah, we sort of like we pitched it as it's our own version of Wrestling Observer Live. That's that's what we we've got now, and it's he's got a, a rotating crew of guest hosts, our own Nuggets, Louis Dangor as a part of that, Stephanie Chase, SP3 of True Heel Heat. It's a really really fun show. So yeah, go and uh, subscribe to that channel. And that's on tonight as well. So they'll be doing all the NXT fallout and uh, news from today, really. So let's get into the Omega chats. Last call for them, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. There's been loads. So thank you very much. We'll do our best to rattle through them. JobberJJ496. Luke, I think you're forgetting Gallows had a classic singles match against Kane. Also, Buck, on, said, also Buck said any tag team. I say it's time to push the dirty dogs. Looking forward to the rematch between Lance and Ed in a death match. Oh, death match. Crikey. Uh, Sawyer, I've said for several years that the Good Brothers are two of the funniest guys in wrestling, and I'm so happy to, to see them get to be themselves on TV. Their bit at the start of this week's BTE is also hilarious. Ooh, I'll have to check that out. I haven't actually seen BTE uh, this week. They're just, yeah, they're the, two of the funniest guys in wrestling. Like, naturally funny. Just want to drink beers with them. Uh, Tyler Woodward, prediction for Beach Break, Tag Team Battle Royal. Young Bucks and Good Brothers are the final two. The Good Brothers eliminate the Young Bucks. And at Revolution, Good Brothers versus Young Bucks. The Good Brothers DQ win with the help of Kenny. And Young Bucks get Rich Swan to set up a six-man. Which will be interesting because the, Buck, the the Good Brothers aren't in the match. But there may be one of those things where like you know, Don Callis says, hey, there's a tag team missing from this. I think that works if it's a Royal Rumble style thing where people come out every two minutes. But for my understanding, everyone starts off in the ring for this. So I yeah, I I prefer the way we pitched it earlier. Uh, Charles Berg, 
I first heard Tarzan Boy as a child, that's Jungle Boy's music, watching Beverly Hills Ninja. Wow, it's Chris Farley, right? Uh, I'm so glad it's Jungle Boy's new theme. Here's an odd question. What's the most British thing you've ever said? I'm American, so the most American thing I've said is, we need to fry the turkey. Jam that pan. <laughs> it's the most British thing. Uh, I, I feel, I'm pretty sure we always say British things up on this show. Mm. Uh, going to the British Museum and saying, look at all our Egyptian artifacts. <laughs> it's pretty British. Yeah. I'll have to give, I need to give a bit of a thought on that one. Jobber JJ 496 Holla lads, solid show. Dax versus Jungle Boy was a great TV match. Was surprised in a good way. Jungle Boy won. We are witnessing a young lion slowly turning into a megastar. Notice different locations when wrestlers are cutting promos. Makes them stand out. Yeah, I really like the way that AEW do their their sort of promo segments. It's why like the, the Taz one felt so different to the, the Sting one and why it felt different to the Moxley one. And that in turn then feels different to when Dasher is interviewing someone just before a match. Like, oh, yeah, I really like the way they set it up. NXT are good at that as well, I would say. Mm. Sam Mort. Personally, I found the last two Dynamites the weakest in a long time. At least they weren't boring, though. Dax Jungle was great and enjoyed Archer Kingston. Hmm. Okay, I mean, you did enjoy certain aspects of it. But yeah, I guess if you don't like like the whole thing, but particularly if you're not into the elite stuff, then mm. yeah, I don't think you're going to be massively into Dynamite at the moment. I'll let you, I'll hot tag you in. Will do. Get to talk about Bob Boy Hangman Page. Oh, Flint Mech. I can't wait to see Hangman go through a gauntlet of factions and managers trying to recruit him and be his friend. For him to turn to everyone, for him to turn everyone away until he's at the top of the mountain all by himself. Yeah, he's got to love himself first before he can love other people. Blind Raw, everyone is talking about Hangman. No one is talking to Hangman. Also, uh, the beer cold coffee hot thing from Mox is a callback to a promo with Roman. Look up Roman and Ambrose pop quiz. Is it really? Cool. Uh, Chris Wagstaff, what if Hangman joins with Matt due to this sincerity, only to be somewhat tossed aside again and adds to his major trust issues? I don't think I can take the heartbreak. I think he's got enough trust issues now. Abortion Reborn Hangman helps Private Party versus the Good Brothers, because that's happening over in Impact. Keep him involved with Kenny. Also want Kenny to win MJF's ring. Would really position him as a heel, maybe even gift it to Don. Oh, I wouldn't have Kenny win MJF's ring. They're like uber heels and should be kept apart from each other. Uh, I like the interaction with Hangman and the Super Elite through the Private Party, but I think it's tricky. If anything, I would have hangman decide not to go with private party because they're too close to the super elite and i also feel as well like yeah like hangman almost feels like he is doing his damnedest to push himself away from this the drama of the super elite at the moment um leon kwashi uh, i know this riho is on the american side of the women's eliminator bracket does this mean we're getting some tokyo joshi goodness uh is this the cutest ever uh maki ito to take part blood trail uh could also be a great way for joshi uh, to get Sorry, could also be a gateway into Joshi for some viewers. I think Riho is, is on the US side of things because it's I think it's like America versus Japan. So like Serena Deeb is the American side of things and Riho is the Japanese side of things. So every match will be US versus Japan in the in the first round at the very least. Yeah, it, it, it all depends like what the travel restrictions are like. It's going to be a hard one to pull off. Yeah, and also, but you're right, this could be a great way to get, uh, you know, also, if you want to, um, Church of Joshi is a great gateway into getting some Joshi into your world. That's Alex Queen of the Ring, who, when she was on WWE The Bump yesterday, was credited to WrestleTalk. So that was lovely. <laughs> uh, Kevin, 
uh, in JR's voice. Good God almighty, folks, get ready. Kids, you're going to love it. By God, it's happening. It's picture in picture. He loves the restaurant quality picture in picture. He's made me pop for the picture in picture. Before, I used to be like, oh, damn, I want to watch the match. But JR's such a good salesman. I'm like, hmm, picture in picture. Yum, 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 yum. Sell me some Arby's, whatever that is. James Handley, I was uh, interested in the main event. When I saw Dark Order enter, I realized that I would get to uh, not only see John Silver hot tag, but a babyface Stu Grayson hot tag, and it was fantastic. They name-dropped Speedball Mike Bailey yes. in that match. I meant to mention that. Yeah, they did. And I was like, oh, my God, they shout out Speedball Mike Bailey. Like he is a guy who deserves a bigger platform. I think that's... Yeah. Wasn't he... A, I can't remember his legal issues about getting into America, but God, I would love to see him in AEW. Yeah. I mean, his girlfriend, wife, in fact, Vita Scott, she was doing the commentary for the um, the women's tag tournaments that they had to win those little uh, metal things. Mm -hmm. Dr. Doom! My friends and I were loving the Brit versus Shanna. All of us came to the conclusion that we want to see a tag team with Shanna and Keith Lee. She gathers up all the energy and Keith Lee hits the spirit <laughs> bomb. Mr. Davis pulls some strings, make it happen. I'll ask around. Uh, the Adnap 2. Oh no, it's Joker Sting. Hoodlums with a Z. Do you think there'll be a tag team called the Hoodlums? <laughs> oh, I hope not. Um, also, that was very American of me to say it with a Z. With a Z. Um, Jewel Hornsberg. This was a really great episode, and all that stuck with me is how much I hate Cody's new entrance remix and the MJF theme Judas mashup. It's a shame since AEW actually has some of the best entrance themes. By the way, Ollie smells of stale onions. How dare you? I smell of Davidoff cool water and nothing else. Charlie Davis, if you told John Moxley in late 2018 that he'd be in the middle of his terrible heel run in WWE, then in a year's time, his career blood feud would be with Kenny Omega. I'm sure he wouldn't believe you. Kenny and Mox are two of my favorite wrestlers. I'm so happy. To be honest, I think in that in that time, I think Mox had already decided that he was going to be wrestling Kenny Omega in a year's time. So in my wrestling short story I'm writing at the moment, there's a uh, heel, a failed heel wrestler support group led by heel John Cena. Uh, and it's about unleashing the inner heel in you in a good way. And germaphobe Dean Ambrose. <laughs> I, literally today I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James Hanley, with Team Taz, I really wanted a delivery guy to wheel in a cart full of boxes labeled Team Taz merch while saying, had to make that second trip uh, with all the Team Taz merch you were going to sell. Lock size with Taz, awkward silence, cut to black. <laughs> that would have been, that, that would have been very funny. Uh, Leon Quashy. Just sorry, before you, sorry, <laughs> have you seen uh, Taz laughing at um, negative one on commentary from Dark? So negative one was doing commentary for, on Dark um, last night. And he basically kept telling Excalibur to shut up. <laughs> and like he's going, shut up, Excalibur, you idiot. And Taz is just like having a blast. <laughs> he's laughing so hard. Like a proper like head back, like a proper gut laugh. <laughs> it's so cool. Leon Quashy. If I'm Vinnie Mac, Triple H, I'll be throwing gallons of money towards MJF, Jungle Boy, Sammy, and or Ricky Starks, potential main event crew for the next 10 to 15 years. If AEW survives the next decade, they're set. Nearly forgot Top Flight and Private Party. Yeah, I mean, a decade's a long time. Um, but the, yeah, they, I don't know when their, their deals are up, but Khan signed everyone for like three years, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, they're with uh, AW, particularly MJF. I think MJF's like there for a really long time. New Punk Rants. 
Why Juvie? Simply, oh god, this again. Simply, he has the juice. Greatest theme ever, and my favourite match versus Jericho at Brawl for All 98. We need the juice. AEW needs the juice. Hooventude Guerrera to AEW, please. Rant over, loved AEW, amazing company. Oh, they've loved AEW, they're past tense. It, it, you did love them, but they haven't signed Hoovy, so now you don't love them anymore. Chris Wagstaff, I went to WWE's MSG shows in 2019. I looked back a few weeks ago at those shows and saw that Heavy Machinery won a squash match against John Silver and Alex Reynolds. I didn't know them then, a year or so later, and they're one of my favourite acts in wrestling. That's really cool. Finn the Assassin. What I love about AEW right now is that there are like five or so people who could take the championship off Kenny. Really interested in which road they will choose. What do you guys think? Moxley, Pack, Kingston, MJF, an Impact guy. I, I still think it like Hangman is the one that kind of means the most to me, but it's not a story you can tell just yet. Like that is a story you have got to tell in like over the next year or so. And Koda Ibushi. Yeah, those, all those you mentioned are a feud to have while he's champion. Mm -hmm. Keith Kutach. Hey guys, stoked for another AEW review. Anyways, I just wanted to say it's always really great seeing Mr. Davis and Luke really dive so well into AEW's well pool of absolute greatness. Can't wait to see Mr. Davis swing the championship like gallows. Jam that jam. If only I had enough room in my backdrop. Uh, Nikolai as a party. I predict AEW will go into HBO Max by the end of 2022. Warner own both TNT and HBO Max. It's not a bad shout. Yeah. Yeah, you should. You can't. Now's not the time to start more streaming platforms. It's to, if you're a big parent company, to bring them together. Otherwise, those smaller ones will be just wiped out by the might of Disney and Amazon. Ryo Adonte, 221. I just love AEW so much. How does the other company fail to meet this standard of show each week? Also, Luke, have you tried any of those snacks Denise sent to you yet? Oh, Rio Adonte, you may head over to my Twitter account, mate. My <laughs> pen's tweet is a series of tweets of videos of me trying out all the snacks. In fact, I've tried out pretty much all of them at this point. I've only got, I think I've got two left and they're the two that I've been saving. And I'm, and I'm going to have one of them tonight. Nate S. I know everyone points out Chopper being John Silver, but has anyone made the connection that Luke is just a skinny Stew Grayson like Chris Evans before the Super Soldier Serum in Captain America? Uh, the reason why no one has pointed out Nate S is because I look like Brandon Cutler, and I look more like Brandon Cutler than I do Stew Grayson. Zachary Jenkins. Hey, so we're gonna get Gang Warfare pay-per-view because I did some thinking and there's a lot of factions in AEW. Like, is Vince Russo secretly part of creative? But seriously, thoughts on a Gang Warfare pay-per-view? Gang Warfare it always seems good in theory, but as Vince Russo proved, it sucks in execution. Um, and like, yeah, I think everyone's always been in factions since like day one of AEW. That's kind of like how they book their talents is that you sort of like fall into your own cliques and your own groups. That's why like they put over John Moxley as one of the most unique wrestlers in AEW because he isn't part of a group. MJF was like, I I wasn't a champion because I'm not part of a group. So I, that's why he that started his journey getting into the inner circle. I would say every pay-per-view is based around the conflicts of factions but you don't need a, a themed pay-per-view to, to point that out. The Zornese, since you do not watch Being the Elite, Matt Hardy is renting out locker rooms and charges the wrestlers afterwards. And before he sounds very serious and concerned, just looking out for people. And since you do not watch Dark, Red Velvet is on a winning streak there. But so is Shanna, and I don't think it meant much for her match with um, Dr. Britt Baker. 
Scott Young, don't get me wrong, AEW is very good, but it is good wrestling held together by an amazing main event story, which to me makes it sound a hell of a lot like SmackDown. SmackDown's very good at the moment. Is that a bad thing? Yeah. Good wrestling held together by amazing main event stories. I would add characters as well, and also a a treatment of their characters to making them get over rather than systematically dismantle them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. New Punk rants again. As I watch Dark, I love Red Velvet and the emerging women's talent. Sure, it was slow, but it's starting to get a lot better. Tyre Conti needs the belt. It just looks, it, it's just so good. The tag division, mid card, lower card, chef's kiss. Bring back Juventud Guerrero. Maybe one day. Corey Lamb. Love this company. Love how Dax built his match with Jungle Boy back to the FTR interview with Nugget. Also, a Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they, he mentioned that back then. Also, a quick ballot steak for all my Canadian friends and family. Thank you, Luke and Dolly. I think that's um, ballot stalk rather than ballot steak. stalk. What's that? What are I'm either not, of those things? I'm not sure. But it does Jane, make me wish I was Canadian. They are the best. James Hanley. I know this goes without saying, but imagine Dax versus Jungle Boy with a crowd. People singing Jungle Boy's new theme would drown out the arena. Jungle Boy is so good and delivers every time the opportunity is given. Yeah, he's ace, man. <clears throat> so, so great. Like, that is a talent that they have, they have invested time into over the last two years. Like, you know, with the idea that in, like, five, eight years' time, like, now we've got a main event on our hands. And, yeah, he's only going to get better. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. Sawyer, did you catch the Good Brothers' subtle reference to the old beat-up John Cena gimmick? Yes, I did. They named all the guys they'll beat up and then said, beat-up John Moxley. Yeah, even the commentary were, were getting in on that, saying they do like to beat up people. <laughs> uh, Patrick Kaniski. Hey, guys, late to a show, but a question. What if the Young Bucks win and challenge Bullet Club of New Japan? Yeah, that was uh, someone said earlier, like getting G.O.D. in. Um, I I don't know what the sort of like the situation is there. It feels like it would be more like an impact team rather than uh, like the G.O.D. or anything like that. I don't think it will happen, and I don't think it should happen either, because that's something huge that they should build to when crowds are available. A hot tag to you, Buff. Uh, Sam Mott, I was unable to watch the Rumble video, uh, the predictions video, uh, due to work. I think Rhea is going to win the Rumble. Charlotte will beat Asuka on some throwaway show, and then Rhea will challenge Charlotte to Mania and win. P.S. Goldberg is winning at the Rumble. Uh, all of that's quite depressing, especially because <laughs> I think Charlotte would just beat Ripley again. <laughs> Uh, Zachary Jenkins says, I just wanted to say thanks for getting me into AEW. I'm an NXT mark till the day I die, but as a wrestling fan first. Also, Mr. Davis, just give Fakedor the belt so we can have uh, at Wrestle Jamia El Fakedor versus Luke Warm Luke Owen. So I've got to win the Jamble first. Hey, this ain't going nowhere. Although I do have some pretty good numbers in the Jamble. Uh, Bacon Rasher, hey again, lads. Firstly, Luke, we're all busy, mate. Mr. Davis would never do me like that. Uh, no Beer 52s today. Uh, I've got mine. We're not sponsored on this show today, uh, but we will be this coming Sunday. Um, myself and Gregory came up with a new uh, name for Silver Pure Gold. Uh, so Pure Gold John Silver. Get that to Mr. Khan, please, Mr. Davis. Jam that jam. I'll, uh, when, when I send in the next invoice, I'll include it. Tyler Woodward. Hi, Ollie. Uh, I don't want to alarm you, but El Fagador is right behind you. Also, why can Fagador appear live at the Rumble predictions? You are aware that Laurie and Fagador are two different people. Fagador's beard is much darker than Laurie's. He's always watching. Um, it was his birthday. 
Well, that and it was it was in the contract that he wasn't. And it was in the contract that he couldn't appear. Spooky, no. Spooky, how spooky. Uh, Keith Kutach, hi again, fellas. Wasn't able to catch Dynamite yet, but always enjoy the next day jam sessions. Will Mr. Davis swing the championship like Gallows when he mm-hmm. retains at Jam uh, Wrestle Jamia? Everything won't be faked or long live the all authority cowboy S word. I like the when he retains there. You're a good guy, Keith. Uh, Green Vega Club, off topic. Did you see the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer? Godzilla better not job to Kong. Well, I've watched it now. And the first minute I was like, oh, God, this is crap. As soon as they started fighting each other, I was like, yeah, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And and, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? It's that moment when King Kong just punches him in the face. and like, oh, yeah, cool. That's what I want. Like, I want more of this, please. Yeah, screw having a really good story surrounding that. No, what do you need that for? Uh, Jorge Martinez. Hello from Holland, Michigan. Um, Do you know, sorry, uh, do you know where that is on the mitten? Oh, that's a Chicago thing, right? Chicago? No. It's Motor City City Machine Guns, Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan, that's the one. No, Um, I don't question for you um when was the best thing outside of wrestling to happen in 2020 and why is the answer dave still impatiently waiting for season two such a good show mate yeah 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 but one of the best things i watched last year absolutely loved it and lastly zach robertson hey guys just wondering how you'd book aj styles debuting in AEW. should he join the super elite would you hang fire on that for a while yeah i'd, I'd hang fire i'd hang yeah that should be like in a year it, but it's not going to happen. Jeez. <laughs> I, I was because like, if AJ Styles debuted in AEW, you'd have to put him in like the, the Super League thing. It would be weird if he wasn't part of that storyline. It would be very weird. Or he'd feud with them right from the get-go as yeah. a guy to go up against Kenny. Uh, but thank you ever so much for all of you joining us here today and loads and loads of Omega Chats. It's very lovely to see. And I know you're an AEW crowd, but it's the Royal Rumble on Sunday. And I am defending my championship against Lou, uh, Laurie. <laughs> against Omega Laurie Blake. And it's also all about my balls. Because we've got two Royal Jambles. Stop being spooky. Where the winner gets to face the champion at the two-night wrestle Jamia in April. It's going to be a big one. We were just doing a Patreon podcast. Sorry. Yeah, we were doing a Patreon uh, mm-hmm. shout-out video for uh, for one of our backers. And in that video, you were trying to buy an AEW action figure. Do you want to tell everyone how it went? They're, they're pricier than I thought they would be. Look, if you've ever watched a Quizzlemania, you know I don't know how much stuff how much stuff costs. In wrestling memorabilia, I'm out of touch with the real world. If you ask me how much a pint of milk is, I'm going to be like that out-of-touch conservative politician who goes, oh, I don't know, two pounds? Two pounds sterling? A crown? Because I don't know. It's just a banana. How much could it possibly cost? Five dollars? Yeah. It just... I don't, look, I don't bother with that stuff. The, the cupboards of In lockdown, the cupboards just magically restock themselves. I don't know who's doing it. I haven't asked Anna, but, you know, I, I, I imagine she is just as dumbfounded by our continuously labour-free stock of food. God, I'm so lucky that our cupboards do this. 
But yeah, I'm also out of touch with how much wrestling figures cost, particularly ones that are in high demand. I thought, I'll pop on. I didn't even have a I didn't have a reference point for how much would be too much, but I wanted a Pentagon. And I thought, you know, I'm a big boy, I'm an adult, I could probably buy two. Oh yeah. I mean you make so much money from YouTube and your AEW endorsements that like you could easily afford to buy like a set. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely works out. That we're paid by AEW and we have to actively go and buy AEW merch. Sure. But yeah, we get on. I, I go on Amazon and, you know, it's Amazon. So I, maybe it's cheaper on a on a pure wrestling stockist website. But on Amazon, there were like six Chris Jericho's left and they all cost £65. Oh. Which I mean, I conversion... That's not an Amazon like that's not an Amazon price that's a seller price right I don't know I didn't look that far into it but if uh, for conversion that is you know at least $200 or point not 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 one of GameStop shares <laughs> this GameStop shares thing I've been like my favorite thing about this is that everyone is fascinated by the story but no one really understands it and so I've I just found a load I found loads of threads of people who are just trying to explain it in like layman's terms. Because I read an article that someone shared and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm following this all that well. Uh, but I've now seen a couple of people who have shared it in like real layman's terms. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. And that's actually quite funny. Yes. Uh, but the spoiler is everyone's going to everyone's gonna end up bad. Apart from the house, the short sellers. Because it, it just takes one guy to sell. And it, it creates like that prisoner's dilemma where everyone sells and it's going to fall apart like a house of cards. Wall Street Bets is going to tear themselves to shreds. This is like, I love the film Trading Places, but I still don't think I fully understand the ending of it. <laughs> I don't understand Tenet. I, I, it's, I mean, no, that's fine. I mean, I think that's slightly different. Maybe it's more or less the same thing. Still time travel, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you got planned for the weekend? I was going to read some emails, but they're a bit long, but I just want to chat to you. I was going to say, I'm not buying any AEW figures. That's for sure. Yeah, a lot of the, if anyone wants to send me one, support at wrestletalk.com. That'd be a nice gift. Uh, yes, it would be, but we can't, we're not accepting gifts at the moment. Oh, God damn it. I forgot about that. Because you would have to give out your actual address. <sighs> we all know that that backfired on us recently. <laughs> When someone was posting my address in the comments on a video. What have I got planned for this weekend? Well, I've got mm -hmm. tomorrow off because I'm obviously we're doing the rumble on Sunday. So I was going to write my wrestling short story. It's not so short anymore. It's looking like a 60,000er, but I'm 20,000 right. words in. That's one third. Uh, and then the rumble. Dude, I'm that's so actually, excited. Way, sorry, actually, just to, to, that's really impressive. So, mm. I just sort of knocked out 20,000 words. I don't think that's anything you just sort of like, you know, just skip, hop, skip and a jump over being like, oh, yeah. And then I'm going to watch the Rumble. Like, dude, that's very, very cool. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I did it. <clears throat> I did it in a way where you would pick it up. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's not me actively boasting. Yes, I'm impressed with myself as well. Yeah, uh, I think if, if anyone wants to write, here's the here's the trick that I stumbled upon. Just write one sentence every day. 
That's all oh, yeah. you have to do. Wow. And you okay. never you never just write one sentence. As soon as you sit down, I mean, I think the minimum I've written is like 400 words. And that that t- that tallies up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will do. It will get to 20,000 before the end is mm. near. Yeah, that's pretty. That's, that's actually a pretty good tip. I like that. Um, my press-up regime of oh, adding yeah. one is going really well. Um, I'm, I'm finding it sort of like it's easier now. And I think like... I'm so I find myself I'm finished. I'm standing up straighter. Like which, you know, I think is good. My legs are a bit achy, but it's, yeah, what, it's okay. I'd... What does it ache the most? Well, when I'm doing my push-ups, obviously my tits really hurt. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that I get more stretch across that. Um, my crunches, my tum tum, my tum tum gets a bit uh, hurts a bit, and then oh, my my legs, tum. you know, my poor little tum tum, and then my legs hurt when I'm doing my squats. So I think that's you know that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, or it could be a very bad thing. You never know with exercise. It's a tightrope. Well, I was chatting to my wife about this last night after I'd finished because I'm, you know, I go to bed. I'm like, I've done my push-ups. Oh God, I'm so. Oh, did I just drop my shorts? Then let me pick those up. And now the sex is happening, right? (laughs) Is that how it goes? No, I'm like John Moxley. I'll do it in the morning. And um, so, like. But she was like, what do you, you know, I was like, well, I'm trying to get to 100, but I'm thinking of shorting that down to 50 because that's more of an achievable goal. And then when it gets 50, then I'll aim for 100. She was like, I think you could do at least do with 365 because you, know, you just add what? one on each day. Well, that's what I said. I was like, that's like, I've got to book the whole day out if I'm going to do that. It's going to take me like eight, it's going to take me hours to do that. You're, you're, right? fi- you're tunnel through the floor. <laughs> I don't think I could do 365 push-ups and 365 crunches and 365 squats in a day. That's insanity. Few people can. I think yeah. at, at some point you you should stop aiming for reps and start adding weight on. So get your wife to sit on your back like Yoda. That's what you do, right? Yeah, you do. Uh, not anymore. That was an early lockdown <laughs> optimism thing. And I twinged my back and nearly dropped Anna into the TV. <laughs> and I thought, let's not add to the NHS's <laughs> workload right now. Uh, anyway, well, we're going to uh, draw things to a close there. Uh, I'm back with Denise Salcedo tomorrow with the Rust Talk magazine show. Uh, then Pete and Andy will be here to do the uh, SmackDown review on Saturday. Then it's Royal Rumble weekend. Mm. Very, very excited. The Royal Rumble review will be out on Monday. I'd also highly recommend you should go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. We just dropped WrestleTalk After Dark, uh, which featured some embarrassing sex stories with Andy farting and oh, Adam Adam telling the story about how he was once hit by a bus and Andy was like and then Andy was like and I got hit by a train and Pete was like and I got a, I flipped a car and totaled it and it became this big one-up mission game it was fantastic that is Go so Andy <laughs> <laughs> that took a time for thank you all so much for listening have a great weekend take care everyone I love you goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.